Hallelujah. So thankful, so thankful for the Lord this morning, His goodness and mercy. And like I said, it's Memorial Day weekend and a, a lot tomorrow on Memorial Day, remembrance of soldiers and people who give their life for the freedom of our country. And man, that's, that's worthy of a lot of honor. Uh, it ain't just anybody that can be a soldier. We've got ex-military in here and uh well i say retired military or, or but i don't know if you ever become ex-military i think once you're a soldier you're always a soldier seems like it but uh but i know that uh you know it ain't just anybody can join up and say yeah i'll, I'll be willing to give my life if i have to that's something but and tomorrow we'll be remembering that and being thankful for that Today, we stand in the house of the Lord, the one, as Paul said, who loved me and gave himself for me. He died that we might live. Mm. Wouldn't be here today without the sacrifice that he made. Oh, was I worthy of it? He just did it because he loved me. I'm thankful for the love of the Lord. Amen. God's good. Give him another hand clap and a shout. What a great God. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we'll finish up with our last installment of this series on thriving in Babylon. And we've learned about existing. Remember the Lord told Israel, said, you'll be in Babylon for 70 years, but while you're there, I don't want you to diminish, but I want you to grow. He said, build, plant, have children, increase, do not decrease. I, I don't expect you just because you're not in the promised land yet to, to, to wither away. And we live in a, a type of spiritual Babylon. God does not intend for us to uh, wither away, but... For us to thrive in this land and be what we're supposed to be in this land. And so we've been talking about Daniel and his captivity and things that he did uh, as he was in Babylon. Today we'll talk about uh, consistent commitment. In our verse of scripture, Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10, just one verse. And you can follow along on the screen with us this morning. This was after... Uh, well, I'll just go ahead and read the scripture. I, I don't want to start preaching. I, man, I'm ready to preach, so i gotta, I got to get in order. Daniel 6 and 10, it says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime or as he had previously always done. And so our thought today is, even though we live in a world that is hostile toward our faith in Jesus Christ, we must still remain consistent in our commitment to God. We can't let it wear us down. We've got to stay consistent in commitment to our faith in God. Let's pray for the lesson this morning. Lord, we love you today so much, so precious to us. We thank you, Lord, that we have you to look to as an example. Help us today to serve you 
in consistent commitment, God. Let the words, Lord, find good ground in our heart. Help us to grow, to learn, to be better, to be ready to meet you when you come again. We ask it in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Give him another hand clap and a shout for his word this morning. Thankful for the word of God. Hallelujah. You can be seated this morning. I'm thankful for the word. The Bible says that those that love his law, love his word, have great peace. And man, I'm thankful for peace that God's word gives us today. Consistent commitment, the the title, actually, you can spend a long time just preaching from there. Because commitment is not commitment unless it's consistent. Well, I got me a gym membership, bought a whole year. I just went ahead and paid for a year. I got a year's membership. And I go every other month. I'm committed. That's not commitment. It's not consistent. Uh, commitment is something that is consistent. In other words, you're going to constantly be going back to it over and over and over again. It's like if I have a box of donuts in the house, I have a consistent commitment to visit that box until it's gone. Yeah, well, it's the truth. <laughs> Listen, uh, commitment is priceless to us as it comes to our walk with God. We must be committed. The, the word defined commitment is the state or quality of being dedicated or devoted to. And so I must be dedicated, devoted to this life with God. You, know, you can have things that are fun for you to do, but you're not devoted. And if you do it or not, it doesn't matter. But I can't miss time with God. I can't miss the opportunities that I have with God. We talked Wednesday night about knowing the time and realizing the time that we are in. And, and I can't, knowing the time, I can't waste time. I must redeem the time because I know that the days are evil and are growing short. I can't uh, fail in my commitment to God. I must be consistent in what I do. If you are consistent in your commitment, if we went back to the workout theme, uh, if you're going to work out and be committed, then you'll be consistent. You'll have a routine, and you will stick to it. You won't skip that day just because you don't feel like doing it. You will stick to it. It's, it's the state or quality of being dedicated to something or devoted to something. And commitment, you know, a lot of times when we think commitment, we're like, Commitment means long term. We actually don't know the term of commitment. The term of commitment can just be easily stated as when you get to the end. And we don't know when the end will be. Uh, Commitment will bring us to the end of the task no matter how long or short that time will be. You think about the woman with the issue of blood. When she knew that Jesus was coming through and she was sick and was not getting better and she had exhausted all other avenues, she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. And so she was committed, and for the length of time it took her to get through the crowd to touch him, she was consistent in her progress toward him, 
And when she touched his garment, she was made whole. It brought her to the end of the task, what she wanted. It, it, it helped her to reach the goal in that time frame. How, maybe it took her 30 minutes to get through the crowd. Maybe the crowd was so great, you know, they said they were all around him, thronging him. Maybe it took her an hour to work her way through the crowd to get to where she could touch the hem of his garment. But she was consistent in moving toward him because he was walking. So she was having, some. maybe sometimes she would get stopped, he would keep moving, she would lose ground, but she's like, I've got to touch the hem of his garment, and the only way is to keep pushing through the crowd. Maybe she got stepped on and knocked down and, and got held up, and, and she was getting exhausted because she was weak, but she was consistent in her commitment to being made whole, and she knew the only way that's going to happen for me today is to touch the hem of his garment, so I... However long the task takes, stay consistent to your commitment. When you make a commitment, be consistent in the things it takes to make it come to pass. And it can be very short. Maybe it was, maybe it was an hour. Maybe it was five minutes. I don't know. But I do know that it doesn't matter the length of time if you are consistent in your commitment. You'll get to the end of the task. Noah uh, was given instructions to build an ark. God laid it out for him. Uh, if if it have, if this conversation was just as short as what we read in Scripture, that was a very brief conversation. Basically, here's the directions. I'll see you when it's done. <laughs> I mean, you know, and for the length of time that he was building, you know, 75, 80 years worth of building, um, I know that man's time on earth was going to be 120 years, but Noah was not building for 120 years. Uh, but he was building for 75, 78, 100 years. That's kind of the theological viewpoint. But for that length of time, it never records that he talked with God. That wasn't that he wasn't praying, but it doesn't say he ever heard anything else from God about the ark again. And yet he finished it because he did all that God asked him to do. And so uh, whether it's uh, trying to press through a crowd or clear a forest so I can build an ark, consistency to my commitment will get me to the end of the task. It will help me reach the goal. I'm trying to get home. I'm trying to get to heaven, and I'm not going to get there if I am not consistent in my commitment to serving God. We must be committed in the things that we do. Uh, Listen, that's in the natural things that we do. If you want... uh, a commitment has got to be there. You know, I, I teach, this is one of my number one lessons in premarital uh, uh, counseling is commitment. And some of them that's been in here will remember that. I will ask the couple, if you had to sum up marriage in one word, I know there's more than one, but if you could think, what comes to your mind right away when you think of marriage? Well, love, vows, you know, honor, cherish. There's all kind of words, and all that applies to uh, marriage, but None of those words mean anything without commitment. Love does not mean anything without commitment. Yeah, you, you, you get the vows that you make, that don't, it ain't as good as the paper it's written down on unless you are committed. We must be committed to what we have vowed. We must be committed to that love. And let me tell you, when you are consistent in commitment, it gets you through the long, hard days. 
in anything that you do. If you want to be better at a sport, so you're practicing, uh, you know, you're not going to be better by just sitting around wanting to be better. You must be committed to a workout, to, to a regimen of how can I be better? How can I get to where I want to be? And so you're consistent in it. If you're, hey, I'm on a, uh, a health thing, I'm going to bulk up, I'm going to get some muscles. Well, guess what? Just buying a set of weights, won't hap- that won't happen. Yeah, that don't that don't get it. Uh, you've got to consistently use them. You can't work out once every six months. All you do is get sore. But there's a message right there. You know what some of the most frustrated people in the world are? Are people who go to church twice a year. Because uh, you, you find yourself in a place where this is what I need. But I, I can't get it all in one day, and then you put it off for another six months. Boom, you show up. You know what? You're aggravated, you're frustrated, you're disappointed, you're confused because you can't live for God once every six months. It's got to be. Now, I'm not telling you you've got to be in there three days a week or seven days a week. I'm just telling you, but your walk with God must have a consistent commitment. Jesus wanted us to have a daily, consistent commitment. Luke 9 and 23, he said to them all, anybody in earshot and then anybody that will read this throughout history gets this. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. That's part of commitment. When you commit to something, you're going to deny yourself. You're going to deny the things that, uh, that your flesh hungers after sometimes. Hey, if you're trying to, to get healthy, but you know, all I want is fried food, and and all I want is you know uh, donuts, and all I want is cupcakes, and and, and but uh, I want to get healthy. Then you're gonna deny cupcakes, and you're gonna deny those donuts, and deny that fried food. You're gonna deny those things because you know it's killing me. So you deny yourself, and then you take up your cross daily, and follow me. Daily is not only commitment, but it is consistent commitment. It is, um, it's not hit or miss. It's I'll follow him after I see him come through for me, but I'm going to follow him because I know he will come through for me. I'm going to serve the Lord because I love him. I'm committed to him. And on the days like Noah where I don't hear him speaking, I did hear him speak, but maybe he's not talking today but I'm still committed to the end game. I still want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, but how can I be faithful without commitment? We live in a time where uh, commitment is just, you know, hit and miss. It's, it's, but, friend, we need to stay committed to the Lord. If, if all the natural things we do in life take commitment to be a success, Hey, you, you won't be a success in any career without commitment. If you're in, you know, it doesn't matter if you're in real estate, you could be a veterinarian, uh, you could do uh, all kind of things, but if you're not committed to that, you're not going to be very good. You're not going to have, you're not, surely not going to have people wanting you to, it won't take but one time for them to use you, and they're like, mm-mm. <laughs> they're not committed to what they're doing. Uh, uh, the, these guys that, uh, you read about sometimes that are, are great sports people. That, uh, you think they just 
rolled up into camp one day and said, hey, I just feel like playing ball. Oh, yeah, well, come on. Wow, you're great. No, it was had drilled in them from a child, and they, they learned as a, as a young kid, and as they grew, they developed and worked and worked out and spent time and hours and hours and hours developing that talent till they became something. They were committed to doing that. You don't just become a major league ball player just because. You may have some natural ability, but you just don't. These are kids who have dreamed of pitching that last pitch in the World Series. They've dreamed of hitting that game winning home run, and so they have worked to that end. And I, I, I pulled this out. I had this. I've read this before, but it's, it's worth uh, just noting as we will transfer it from natural to spiritual. But I, I, I really don't care for the New York Yankees. But you can never deny the talent that they have had. And their greatest player, one of the greatest players, would, would have to be in my lifetime anyway that I watched play. And even though I couldn't stand them, I would always enjoy him because he would just do things that didn't seem possible on a ball field. But uh, Derek Jeter played for the New York Yankees from May 29, 1995 until September 28, 2014, he played 20 seasons. He played on one team. You don't hear very many people staying with one team uh, in those uh, ball uh, organizations anymore. But he played for the Yankees. In that time, he was an all-star 14 times, five World Series, World Series MVP, American League Rookie of the Year, five-time Golden Glove Award, five-time Silver Slugger Award, Two times American League Hank Aaron Award. He won the Roberto Clemente Award. And he was the Yankees captain from 2003 until he retired in 2014. He is the all-time career leader in hits, doubles, games played, stolen bases, times on base, plate appearances, and at-bats. Don Zimmer said that he might go down when it's all over as the all-time great Yankee. In 2010, he had something come to him that he had never had before. It was the first time in his career that he became a free agent. That means if somebody else had a better deal, could pay more money than the Yankees, then he could go and play for another team. But he told them, I want to stay a Yankee. He said, it is not an option for me to play anywhere else. He said, this is more than a paycheck for me. This is who I am. Come on, somebody. You know, I know that's just, uh, you know, I know that's just, uh, you know, uh, natural side of things. But, but think about that. Uh, he was a free agent. What kind of offer? People who knew what he could do and knew he had a little time left in him that, uh, hey, if we could get him. And what kind of dollar amounts came over the table? But he turned them down because he said, it's more than a paycheck. He said, this is who I am. And let me tell you, there's going to always be an offer from the enemy to get what you got. But, hey, this is more than just uh, uh, the, the church I attend. This is more than just uh, uh, the card that I carry. This is who I am. I am born again, blood-bought, apostolic through and through, tongue-talking, devil-chasing. Let me tell you, I believe in one God. I believe his name is Jesus. I believe you got to be born of the water and born of the Spirit. I believe you got to be holy because he's holy, and that's the way. 
If you don't think in your time serving God, there'll be free agencies going to come up. Hey, just come on over here. We got this going on. We got that going on. Oh, it's more than a paycheck. This is who I am. It was the blood of Jesus that got me here. It was the apostolic truth that got me here. I want to be consistent in my commitment because one day I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. I can't trade this away. There's no offer on the table that's good enough to pull me from his side, to pull this cross off my shoulders that I'm supposed to be carrying daily. Jesus said in Matthew 16 and 26, for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Listen, I would not trade this for the whole world. The whole world can... Listen, Paul said this, 1 Corinthians seven thirty one. He said, the fashion of this world passes away. I don't want... You know what he's telling you? Between this scripture, that scripture Jesus said and what Paul just said, it's the same thing he told the woman at the well. He said, you can drink from this well again and again. He said, you will always thirst. And you could gain the whole world and you would still not be satisfied. You would still want something else. Because well, if I got this much, then give me the universe. And if I got the universe, give me the galaxy. Give me something else. Man, let me tell you. It's like that with people. They can win millions and millions of dollars, and they got to have more. Got more money than they could ever spend. Got to keep on making it. Got to keep on just hungry for the world. Can never be satisfied with the things of this life. That's why we don't trade off. That's why we don't walk away because it's more than that. It's a reminder about this cross on my back. Let me tell you, it's... Commitment, we've got to be committed to God because commitment or lack of it will determine the level of success or the greatness of your failure in natural things and spiritual things. Hello. Jesus said two men building a house. One dug deep, built it on the foundation. One just built it on the sand. The man that built it on the foundation is the one who hears his word and does it. He's committed. But the other one is the guy who, who builds on the sand. It says he hears the word, but he does not obey the word. And so he is not committed to the word. He'll hear the word, but he's not committed to the word. And when the storms come, his house crashes and great is the fall of that house. That's what I'm telling you. The level of commitment will determine your success in natural things and with spiritual things. It's going to happen. And listen, being called of God is fantastic. But being called of God is simply that. Being called don't make you anything except called. Follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Okay. If they obey and they listen, they become fishers of men. But they must be committed to following him. But if they say, nah, never will become fishers of men. The call did not make them fishers of men. 
consistent commitment to following Jesus would turn them into. Yeah. I believe it was uh, when Elijah threw the mantle on Elisha. And uh, he was like, whoo, hey. He said, hey, let me go and have a feast and do all these things. And Elijah's like, what have I done to you? You know, he just, it'd be up to you whether you follow me or not. That's up to you. But Elisha learned the benefit and the blessing of consistent commitment because when it was time for his master to be taken away, uh, he wanted a double portion. He said, well, if you see me when I'm taken up, you'll have that. So everywhere he went, hey, don't you know that your master's going away today? He would tell them, yeah, shut up. And then he would say, hey, just stay. Even his master would say, hey, Elisha, just stay here. I've got to go on. As the Lord liveth, I will not. I'm not taking my eyes off of you because the double portion is going to come with me seeing you take up. So I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be consistent in my commitment, and I'm going to walk. And guess what? He saw him when he was taken away. He got that mantle. He picked it up, and he went right back and smote the waters, split the, the waters, and walked across, had exactly what he asked for because of his commitment. We have the greatest example of commitment in Scripture, Jesus. In Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, it tells us that, number one, we've got a great cloud of witnesses. So seeing we have that, let's lay aside every weight and sin which does so easily beset us. And then let us run with patience. Patience and commitment, hand in hand. Run with patience. If you're running a race... You either finish it or you stop. It depends on your commitment. I've seen re- people running and stop in the middle of the race. Tired. Can't go no farther. That's it. I'm stopping. Tried it. Can't do it. You know, when we went to Colorado and was hiking, there was a lot of times I was about ready to stop. Let's, can we just camp here? I got 50 pounds on my back. I'm walking uphill. Elevation's getting higher. I'm an old man. Come right off the couch trying to hike like I'm somebody. <laughs> but I was committed. I, and, people, and them young guys was like, Pastor, let me get that pack. And I'm like, just, you just worry about your stuff. <laughs> I was already, I was, I was getting to the point. I was so tired. I was getting a little ill. And I just wanted to get to the campsite. And I was, and hey, I'm telling you, I carried my bags to that campsite. Did I not? I paid for it, but I got there and enjoyed it and loved it, and it was it was worth every bone aching mile. It was. It really was. It was. It was like a. It was like a piece of heaven on earth. It was beautiful, and it was worth it. I was so glad that I was there. I, I tell my wife about it all the time. I said, I just. I missed that little campsite. It was so beautiful. I said, I couldn't believe we were actually there. I never would have got there without that commitment to keep walking. And it, it hurt. It physically hurt. It mentally challenged me, thinking, I'm going to die of a heart attack on this trail. Uh, it's, it, there was all kind of thoughts. What if I do just fall out? You know, what's going to happen? You know, it, all kind of thoughts, but whew, made it by the grace of the Lord. Made it there. But it took commitment to get there, to see it happen. Commitment will keep you on course until the end. Hello? Yeah. Commitment will keep you on course in the high times and the low times. 
they're in the right and the wrong commitment. When you're committed to God, you'll, you'll be able to stay where you're supposed to stay. You know, when you look at all that Paul went through in his life that he writes about, he said, and all these things were more than conquerors. And he, and he, he just began to, uh, he, several times he shared all the, the struggles, being beat and whipped and stoned and shipwrecked and floating in the water and all these things going on in his life. He said, besides all this, the care of all the churches and things just going on. And he said, but you know what? He stayed right on. He was able to do it. And so uh, back to our examples, we look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And now listen, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, committed. He was committed. There were many times where he knew. He said, I could, don't you know that I could call angels right now and they would come and get me? But then how would the scripture be fulfilled? If I don't drink this cup, how would the scriptures be fulfilled? If I don't do, to this end was I born. I know already that if I'm going to see and be the salvation of the world, I've got to go all the way to the top of that hill. I've got to be nailed on that cross. I've got to die on that cross. I know that I will die, but it will be worth it. And friend, let me tell you, every mile we walk for Jesus is worth it. And hey, and I know that sometimes we it's awful and there's temptations and trials, but but we we know that these things these these light afflictions are for but a moment, but they work oh such a great eternal weight of glory waiting on us. We we know that one day we're going to receive the end of our faith, even the salvation of our souls. We're going to hear him say, "Well done." Because we have done well. I've, I love that quote from Sister uh, Mangan when she said that. He, he will not say well done if I have not done well. So, But that's going to take commitment. And so uh, remember that we're called. We have an example to follow. And don't just get caught up in your calling. Uh, or even in your new birth. Or, uh, in your anointing. Because if anointing doesn't mean anything without commitment. A man who's called the pastor, he, he's no pastor without commitment because you'll never be able to find him. Where is he? You know, you, you, you've got to have commitment to make the most of what God's given you. A great example would be Samson. What a great man. A Nazarite from his mother's womb. Judge of Israel. God would move on him and he'd do mighty, crazy, miraculous things. He'd rip a line in half with his hands and and just carry the gates of the city up to the top of the mountain. I mean, just do all that he could do. And, and Samson stayed strong as long as he stayed true, as long as he stayed committed. And he, he had played around so much that he didn't even realize that giving up his heart like that in the lap of Delilah had cost him because... No longer did he have that power. He thought he did. I'll go out and shake myself as I have before. And, but he lost his power, his protection, and his position. You know what's great? Is you can always recommit. Listen, don't trade what the Word has made you for what the world wants to make you. Hello? We're born again by the word, and we become his by the word. And, and don't trade what the word has made you for what the world wants to make you. Stay committed. Stay dedicated. And Samson, while he was working in that thing and, and making sport for them people and pushing that grindstone around, the Bible said 
and his hair began to grow. And that commitment was there again. And uh, he was able to ask God, just remember me this one time. Remember me one time, God, right here. Let me avenge myself for these eyes that they put out. And, and it said in, at the end, uh, he was able to kill more of his enemy than he did all his life. But uh, God wrought a great victory through that. And so that's the thing. One thing about commitment is recommitment. You know, we believe that about prodigals. They, they're able. You can recommit. You know, you, it's, it's like in your workout routine. You can, man, really, man, I worked out every day for three years straight. I mean, every day. Didn't miss a day, but now I've been off for two years. Well, guess what? All you got to do is start start back up. And that's all we've got to do. Sometimes we get you know, we get caught up in things. We get, you know, things distract us. And, and all of a sudden, that, you know, it's not that we don't love God. It's not that we don't want to go to church. But, our, man, where's our commitment at? Really, you know, you know, am I really uh, making it a point to do the things I know I'm supposed to do? Am I consistent in my commitment? And if you're not, recommit. Yeah, you know what? I have realized that my life is upside down without that commitment to God. So I'm going to recommit. A lack of commitment will lead to double-mindedness. And double-mindedness will cause us to be unstable in all of our ways. Because you cannot walk two paths. It is impossible for one person to walk two roads. It cannot happen. And there are two paths. And the Lord said for us to to walk the straight and narrow. Find that straight path, that narrow way. Uh, That's the way that very few find it. But you can't walk that one and walk the wide path that's on its way to destruction. It takes commitment to walk on the straight and narrow, but it will be worth it. It will be worth it. In the end, that commitment will keep you all the way to the end. Yeah. Anybody feel like, hey, and you know, it, when I preach like this, I'm just ready to recommit. Lord, I, I know. Just, man, forgive me for my slackness. Forgive me for where I've just... Shrugged my shoulders. Forgive me where I've uh, folded my hands and took a little sleep. Just forgive me for, for not being. Just Lord, I again I realize once again how, and it's not just like oh I got to go back. Do not ever say I've got to go back to the old grindstone when it comes to walking with God, because it ain't hard to live for God. What a joy that it brings. When we do the right things, when we live our life for Him, it's, I mean, it's, it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Are there hard days? Absolutely. But, man, there's nothing like beating those hard days and walking on top of them and telling them, you're not going to get me because I'm committed to seeing this thing all the way home. All we hear these things through Scripture all the time, and we don't get weary in well-doing. Commitment. Why? But, but, but it's so, oh, so easy to get weary. But you're supposed to remember that there's a reward coming. We're not living just for time. We're living for eternity. That takes commitment. If you're living for time, then you're always worried about instant gratification. What am I getting right now? What am I, why is it God answering me right now? Why am I not having everything I want right now? We realize that things will come in its season and things will come in its time. But when we live for eternity, we just keep our eyes on him. 
and realize that, that uh, he could come at any time. I could slip out of this world at any time. I must be ready. So don't get weary in well-doing. Uh, the Bible says we must endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I want to endure hardness. Endurance is a byproduct of commitment. When you are committed, you will endure. Yeah, you'll endure. You'll endure heartache, pain, sufferings. You'll endure things. You'll endure hardness as a good soldier. Nobody, you, hey, you don't have to endure good things. You enjoy good things. You endure hard things. And God gives us plenty of good things. The Bible says he's given us all things richly to enjoy. We, we've got all these things that we can enjoy. But he does know that our faith will be tested. That's why he told Peter, he said, I prayed for you, Peter, that your faith fails not. You know what your faith is? It's commitment. Yeah, your faith in God, that's your commitment to God. And so you stay committed to him. And, and all this wishy-washy, in-and-out kind of nonsense, it don't fly. It don't work. We've got to be committed to God. Jesus said, he that endureth unto the end, the same shall be saved. Yeah, yeah, fill in the blank. Saved. What is our ultimate goal of living for him? That I might be saved. We used to sing the old song, above all else, I must be saved. I Friend, I can't do all this and then be lost. I cannot have spent this time following him only to at the end lose my commitment and then be lost. To, to say, Lord, Lord, have I not preached in your name? Lord, have I not uh, done miracles in your name? Have I not? And then him say, I don't know you. I, I can't. I've got to stay with it. I've got to stay with it. I'm, I'm going to be committed. If I could commit myself to, to the things that uh, we do in this world that will mean nothing one day, temporal, just things that you know, we, we commit ourselves to hobbies and, and or collecting. I, I'm a collector of things, and, and I like to collect every bit of whatever it is I'm collecting. And so it's like I'm committed to it to a dangerous point sometimes, <laughs> you know, uh, but when you're committed to it, you, you, you just do that. And if I could be that committed to something that here today, gone tomorrow, I've got to make sure that I'm going to be committed to him. I don't know when he will come back, but what I do know is that commitment will keep me faithful in his absence. Yeah? Well, you think about the, the Lord and his service that he gave talents to. Commitment, two of them were committed and gave him back the talents with interest. One of them who was doing his own thing just buried his talent. But commitment will keep us faithful in his absence. Jesus said that that faithful servant is the one that will be so doing when the Lord comes again. Well, he, he'll find him working. He'll find his hand on the plow. He'll find him still preaching, still reaching, still praying, still fasting, still doing all the things that God asked him to do. While he's not here, I've got to be faithful because I don't know the day or the hour of his return. That's why you see Noah. It says, by faith Noah built an ark. Yeah, faith equals commitment. And it was Noah's commitment through all those silent days with nothing but the sound of saws and hammers 
with nothing but the smell of pitch that they were putting on the ark. Nothing but the sound of animals gathering in until finally God said, now go get in. But it says that Noah did all that God. That's commitment. That's consistent. You know what? What if God had showed him and said, okay, Noah, it's time to get in. Oh, wait, I ain't got the door yet. But this is the time, Noah. And I knew that if you worked on it consistently, that it would be done on this day. Now, all of them would have been lost. Or if, if he had just put it off, so, ah, I'll get to it next week. I, yo, you've got to get this thing ready because you don't know when God's going to show back up. Just as, just as suddenly as he popped in and said, hey, there's going to be a flood, he's going to pop back in and say, it's time for it. Commitment will keep you faithful in his absence. Even Job said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's commitment. Hey, you need to curse God and die. You talk like a foolish woman. Uh, you know, are we going to receive all this good at the hand of the Lord and not receive evil? Is not are we going? We're not exempt from bad things happening. I, but he made another statement. Said, "I will not let go of my integrity." And and then uh, the you know the famous part we quote all the time is that where Job says, "I've looked on every side, but I cannot perceive Him." But I know this that He knows the way I take. And when he's done, when he's done trying me, I'll be like gold. So uh, I may not hear him, see him, have anything that's even noticeable about him happening right now, but I still know him. Even when I can't see him, come on, even when I can't see it, God's working. Right? We always love to sing it. We shout it and dance about it. But even when I can't see God, if, if I were to today not feel his presence at all, I know I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. I know he washed my sins away because I trust his word. I'm committed to his word. I know him through his word. I've learned about him through his word. And I've tried him. I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Hey, I've tasted a lot of things. I know they're good. I don't get to eat them every day, but I still know they're good. Yeah. You know, when you go without that favorite chocolate cake I get one about twice a year from Sister Joyce hey I don't have to have one every day to know it's good because I know when the next one comes it's going to be good and maybe I don't just feel an overwhelming presence of God every single day but I know it's coming and I know God's still good and I know God's still faithful and God's still going to do what he said it's my commitment to him that helps me see these things I want to be committed. The Bible tells me that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. That's commitment. When you wait upon God, when you, you wait and see, when you stand still to see what God's going to do, they that wait upon the Lord have an expectation that God will be God. It said that they're going to get a renewing of that strength. God's going to come through and bless you and help you and lift you up so you can keep going. And then you'll be able to stay strong and faithful to the end. You can come to the music uh, this morning. Brother Philip, I I didn't say baby this time. (laughs) The Bible tells me that I must love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. That's commitment. I can't just give him a third 
I'll serve him with my mind. It don't work. You got to serve him heart, soul, and mind. I'll just give him all my heart. You got to give him your soul and your mind too. You'll drive yourself insane thinking I've given him all my heart, but you didn't give him your mind. You'll go crazy. You've got to give him all of it. The Bible says that we are in need of patience, that after we have done the will of God, we would receive the promise as commitment. You've got to hang in there. You've got to be patient. You've got to keep doing the will of God and know that you're going to receive the promise because God cannot lie. And commitment, as I said earlier, will keep you all the way to the end. Paul said this in 2 Timothy 4 and 7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Commitment here will lead us to the reward that's there. He said, because he went on to say after that, that now there's laid up for me a, a crown of righteousness, and not for me only, but all those. That love is appearing. Those that It's for everybody that's committed to seeing it through all the way to the end. I want to see it through all the way to the end. And that's the kind of mindset that Daniel had as we get back to him because what he was schemed against because of jealousy. They, the, the princes of that land were jealous that he was one of the three presidents. And, and so they said, we know the only thing we'll be able to find fault in him is something against with his God. So let's pass this law that Nobody can ask anything for the next 30 days except of the king. They can't pray to other gods, anything. So they knew that Daniel was not going. He lived his life so committed that they, could, they knew this is the way to get him because he will not, no matter what anybody says, he will not stop praying. And so they went and they saw him doing it, and they went and told on him, got him in trouble. King can't change his word. Takes him and throws him into a den of lions, but he said... He believed, he told Daniel, I believe that your God that you serve continually will keep you. Continually, consistent commitment. And so he, the next morning he runs to the opening. Oh, Daniel, did your God spare you, you know? He's like, oh, king, live forever. You know, we'll always have that good answer when we stay committed. And God blessed Daniel and kept him and spared him before his, for his commitment. But see, it didn't just benefit Daniel. It benefited this king because this king realized it helped. Many times Daniel, through his commitment to God, showed these pagan kings of Babylon who the true God really was. And now this king would go and pass a law talking about how great that Daniel's God is this world will see the true and living God when we stay committed to our to our God to our faith if we're consistent in our commitment this world's going to know I can go to them for prayer I can go to them for help I can go to them for comfort this world needs somebody to show them the love of God and they'll know it comes from us when they see us being consistently committed to our faith. Let's stand together this morning. Lift your hands to him for a moment and maybe pray a prayer of recommitment this morning. You just, right now in this, this day, hey, even if you feel like you're doing pretty good, say, Lord, I'm going to do better. 
I know there's areas. The Bible says to examine ourselves to see if we're in the faith. Are we being consistent? Are we being committed? Hallelujah. Oh, God. Here I am again. I commit it all to you, God. I'm going to serve you, Lord. I'm going to live for you, Jesus. Just love him for a minute. We got another minute. Just love him for a minute. thankful for him this morning come on give him a hand clap and a shout of praise let this be your day i'm i'm gonna do better i'm gonna do more i'm gonna i'm gonna recommit back to the lord amen praise god let's find a place to pray for a few moments before this next service just expecting to hear from the lord today god bless you in jesus name
Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Good to be in the house of the Lord. I, that wasn't everybody. Wasn't even close to everybody. We'll try it one more time. Praise the Lord, everybody. There we go. like to hear that. Lift up your voice. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Come on, somebody. Hey, anybody in here believe in the Holy Ghost? Yeah. Holy Ghost to make some noise when it shows up. Sound is a rushing mighty wind. Yeah, people praising God and speaking in other tongues. That's, I like to hear that church noises when I'm in the house. I, I like to hear that prayer going up, that prayer language going up. I love to love to hear that. Good to be here. A few announcements as we're getting ready uh, for this week. No, it's a long weekend. A lot of people are on uh, trips and vacations right now because of the Memorial Day weekend. And so uh, with that, uh, we will not have our uh, Monday night prayer service tomorrow night because a lot of people are going to family things and cooking out and doing different things. So uh, give you that liberty to do that and not be worried about it that uh, you're missing prayer. Uh, Wednesday night, though, we'll be here at 7 o'clock. All services going. And then um, that's it. What a week. Wow. Hey, that's just the calm before the storm, though, because we've got a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, camps are coming up, and then vacation Bible schools coming up. So we've got a lot of things happening. Get here early on Sundays. Why? Prayer. There you go. Uh, let's come to the men's prayer room, ladies' war room, and uh, pray before the services so we can get ready to hear what the voice of the Lord is going to say. We're super honored to have Brother Caleb Herring with us today, and looking forward to hearing from him what the Lord's laid on his heart. And I just believe in God's going to do some great things. Next week, uh, the Lord willing, depends on, uh, I believe, how Sister Ashley is doing, but Doug and Ashley Smith will be with us next Sunday, June the 6th. So we're always excited about these evangelists coming through. Love to hear what God's got to say for us. And so let's be praying. Sister Ashley had a surgery, and she's recovering, so I don't know if that will hinder them or not. So but let's just pray for her continued uh, healing and blessing. Ask God to just touch her and strengthen her. And then also, if you want to be part of the prayer mantle team, please let Brother Philip or Sister Kaylin White know that, and they'll put you down. And that is it for my announcements today. I hope I have not missed anything. Uh, if I did, it must not have been important. Oh, regeneration. There it is. I've seen his little handwriting in here. I know. Regeneration. If you're going kayaking tomorrow, meet at the church at 8 a.m. 
you can see Brother Jake for details on that. Uh, so if you, I will say if you're going, please be careful. If you're going and don't know how to swim, really be careful. Uh, yeah, I ain't kidding. I don't want to get a phone call from the kayaking place saying, hey, one of your kids is missing. Come on, be careful. Don't get out there and be foolish, all right? Pastor, have, have a good time. Also, um, for Sister Kaylin needs anybody that wants to go on the marriage retreat. Uh, she needs to book the house, and so she needs to know tomorrow. All right. If you want to go on the marriage retreat, please let Sister Kaylin know today, today, today. All right. Stand with me this morning. So glad to be in the house, Lord. It's great to see all of our visitors with us today. Some visiting home folks are with us today. Let's give them a hand. We're glad they're here today. Miss you when you're not here. Love seeing you when you show up. Glad you're with us. God is good. While the choir is coming, turn around and shake a few hands. Encourage somebody to worship the Lord. Find you a dance partner. I need somebody to dance with me this morning. Worship God in this house today.